I'm your host, Dora Vandekamp. Welcome to the Biohack Your Beauty podcast, where we take a deep dive into the world of biohacking, lifestyle, wellness, and self-development. Join me in uncovering the mysteries of beauty, anti-aging, and ultimate longevity with the experts, teachers, and guides who are leading the health revolution. Hello, beautiful one. Welcome back for another episode of the Biohack Your Beauty podcast. I'm so happy to have you today. I hope you're having a beautiful week, a beautiful month, a beautiful year full of transformation and joy and love. I have a birthday coming up this coming week and I thought it would be really fun to do an episode where I share my inside tracker results with you and basically tell you how I lowered my inner age, my biological age from 35, which it was the last time I tested my blood with inside tracker, to 30 years old. So I will be 37 in chronological years this coming Thursday, and I tested to have an inner age of 30 years old this past week. So I was very, very excited. In fact, I was ecstatic because the last time I tested, which was my first time, I tested to be 35 years old in biological age. And so I had a few things that I needed to work on in order to lower that inner age. Because as such an avid biohacker and as somebody who is so deliberate and and intentional about what I put in my body, what I eat, and my lifestyle, I thought, well, you know, a year and a half younger than my chronological age is not much considering how much energy I put into my lifestyle. So I wanted to lower that inner age and I did to 30 years old. So today I wanted to share with you how I did it, how my chronological age is 37, but my biological age is 30. So today's episode is a little bit nerdy, but I also really think that this would be an episode of value because what I did do was incorporate just a few changes into my life and those have been just so impactful as you can imagine. So I want to start with letting you know what uh, was causing the age, my, my biological age to be higher. And those were three specific things. So the first thing was that my iron levels, when I tested my biomarkers, were really low. In fact, I was in the at-risk category for that biomarker, for my iron group. The reason why it was an at-risk factor was because Iron is really, really important. It's actually in charge of your oxygen transfer and your blood function. And so if your iron levels are very low, your body is not able to function properly. It literally can't do what it needs to do. So I really understand why just having 
this one biomarker that was so low because even though my other 42 biomarkers were outstanding, this one biomarker that was really low was a huge issue. So I had to optimize that before my inner age could decrease, before I could uh, lower my inner age. The other thing was my ferritin levels were also very low. Now, ferritin and iron actually go together because ferritin is a protein that stores iron. So my iron levels were low, but I was also missing that ferritin, which actually helps to store the iron. So what happens then is that anything that requires oxygen in your body, which is basically the majority of energy production in your body, including endurance exercise, your nervous system, your behavioral and immune system. So I was definitely losing out. Like I was in a place where I could see that uh, I was not recovering fast enough and also, um, you know, being impacted energy wise. So those were some factors that caused my inner age to be higher than I would have liked. The other thing was that my sugar group needed work. So it wasn't in an at-risk place, but I actually had traveled to Hawaii um, a couple of weeks, probably a week before I took my last test. And we were at a wedding and we We're in um, Oahu and then the big island. And it was definitely a time where I was struggling to eat the way I usually do. So I definitely can see how I was eating higher sugar content. I was eating definitely a lot more um, carbs than I would have eaten at home. And I also had some champagne, I'm not going to lie. So I could see how my sugar group uh, was affected. And then that was, you know, I got back like a week before I took my blood test. So that was a big factor, I think, when it came to my inner age as well. So I want to share what I incorporated and what changes I made in order to achieve that difference. So the first thing I want to share is that I incorporated raw dairy into my diet. And before this, I did kind of dabble with raw dairy. I've definitely had it before, but it wasn't something that I was consuming in my daily life. So we are very lucky. We're in California where raw dairy is legal. There are places that it is not legal. But there are very good resources out there if you're looking for raw dairy, kind of finding it even if it's not in stores is definitely possible. In my episode with Brooke Kowal about nose to tail nutrition, we really do dive into raw kefir and raw dairy. So I would definitely recommend checking that episode out. It is episode 55. But I've started to consume raw dairy every single morning, and I would say I probably drink about a half a cup, so not a lot. We get it at the marketplace down the street. We are really lucky, but if, again, you're not able to get it at the store, research online because there are a lot of local organic farms where you can get 
raw dairy. You definitely want to get it from a source where the animals are raised in pasture and grass-fed. So I'm consuming raw kefir. What is raw kefir? It's basically made by culturing raw milk with bacteria. So 12 specific bacteria colonies, and these are the beneficial bacteria that are found um, in your gut, right? And then the kefir is cultured for 36 to 48 hours so that the pH level becomes approximately uh, 3.8 to 4.1. And so what you get is you get prebiotics, which help to feed and protect your guts. And then there's also a ton of active enzymes with tons of probiotics and also amino acids, which are so essential, omega-3s, protein, and vitamins and minerals and antioxidants. So it is like a powerhouse of nutrition. It is so incredibly whole and nourishing and beautiful. And I have to say, I am in love with it. Every morning I have it after my workout. I feel like it's so nourishing. I mix it with a handful of organic blueberries. So it's like a parfait for me. It feels so good to eat and it tastes really good. So we actually get the uh, family owned raw farm brand and that has been absolutely incredible they're local they're in fresno so we uh, get that at the store and i get the vanilla flavor so it's really just kefir with some vanilla bean in it so it's like insanely delicious and i have it every morning with my breakfast the thing about kefir as well and raw dairy is that it coats the lining of the intestine. So it's very, very nourishing for your body. So that's the first thing that I incorporated in that time period between taking my first test and my second test. The second change that I made was increasing my animal product consumption. So I increased my meat consumption I am not the biggest fan of eating chicken uh, and turkey, but I do think I may start incorporating that into my diet. But so far, I've just consumed more red meat, so basically more beef. Um, and that has been a big thing already for me because it is really rich and filling. So. I don't need a lot and I would say I'm eating it uh, probably a little bit every day, every other day at least, but I started to add organ meats as something very, very essential. So I am eating, currently eating liver every single day. This might be a lot for somebody who does not eat liver and who has never eaten liver because it has a very strong taste for a lot of people that is too strong. For me, as somebody who grew up in Holland where liverwurst is 
very normal to eat um, on your bread. I love it. I think it tastes amazing. But I definitely can say that liverwurst in Holland is totally different than going to the butcher and getting like a, a chicken liver or beef liver and just cooking it and eating it, right? So my boyfriend will eat liver and onions, no problem. That's not a big deal for me. I can do that, but it's not something I really enjoy that much. So what I've been doing is I've been making pate. And I found an amazing recipe, which is really healthy because there isn't any pasteurized cream necessary or anything like that. It's basically the liver that's been marinated in some milk so that it kind of softens the fla- the, the liver uh, scent and the, I guess the liver taste. And then there's really just no additives except for spices. Um, and I actually used my blender to make it really creamy and I've been putting it on, uh, my cassava tortillas. I've been putting it on, um, you know, my seriously bread, which is like this amazing sourdough that we have here. That's gluten-free. I can also just eat it with a spoon. I really, really enjoy it. It's not something that, uh, grosses me out in any way, but My point is that I started to incorporate a sincere amount of liver into my diet and I eat it at least once a day. So, you know, and I'm not saying I'm eating like tons and tons of it. I don't eat that much anyway, but I would say like I'm eating at least one serving a day. So that has made a huge impact. And the thing about liver that is actually really incredible. And again, I'll, I'll refer you back to episode 55 where we really talk about organ meats, but they are like the most coveted part of an animal. They are so rich in vitamins and minerals. It's literally like taking a multivitamin. And so liver is something that's really available. You don't necessarily see other organs as commonly at the butcher, you know, like heart, tongue, stomach, all of those that are actually very common in in some cultures to eat. But liver is really, really available and it is so rich. I mean, it has like so much vitamin B12, which is if we're talking about anti-aging and beauty, I mean, it's so incredible for your hair, your skin, your nails, uh, converting food into energy, your red blood cell count, right? And then also just your metabolism. So considering that the vitamins in liver are really, really helpful for your digestion, but also for slowing down signs of aging, healthy skin production, your skin tone, healing acne, um, smoothing like, you know, your skin to the place where the vitamin A, the copper, the glycine are all helping to Uh, contribute to collagen production in your skin. I mean, it's so vital to incorporate liver. So it's kind of funny how that happens, but I feel like when we make those changes, often we don't realize that we were feeling bad until we feel better. And I don't want to say I was feeling bad because I, I, I feel like I was not in any way, you know, suffering, but 
I can definitely notice that I have much more energy and that my metabolism feels really, really good. Like I don't feel bloated and I also feel like my skin improved between my first test and my second test after making those changes. So that's been really, really cool and and exciting to experience. So again, I incorporated raw dairy and I added in more liver. Now, if you cannot do liver, <laughs> like, cause there are people out there who can't and it's just a no, like it's a no for me, dog. Okay. Then I would say incorporating a liver supplement is really, really important. And I always think the real thing can be I wouldn't say it's better, but it's definitely like a first choice. But looking into a quality liver supplement is definitely up there with if you can't eat liver, take a liver supplement. Even if you can, you might even do both. So you have to really notice what's going on with your body and kind of use your intuition for that. But I think that that is a really impactful change to make to decrease your biological age. So the last thing that I'm going to share today about lowering my biological age would be that I really reduced my intake of processed foods. Now that might surprise you if you know me because I'm super healthy, super into whole foods and healthy foods, but I want to stress that we do live in a in an age where things are really really commonly processed. And so I think we forget what processed foods are because now there's so many healthy processed foods, right? So there are snacks made with avocado oil and coconut oil and coconut sugar and even things like like bread, right? Bread is a processed food. It's not something that grew that way, right? It's been processed and made into something. I'm not saying that it's bad, but I do think that it's really, really important to remember that the foundation of our diet, it's really vital to focus on real whole foods, So what I did was I really tried to cut out a lot of the snacky snacks, right? So I love me some boob boob bites, right? The keto bars. I love me some, uh, you know, like they have these churro chips that are made with coconut oil and um, or avocado oil. And they're really, really delicious and sometimes snacking on those. And then my, my partner will bring home ice cream that's made with coconut sugar and cashews. And it's so tempting to dive into eating that really, really regularly. And while I don't think it's good to completely cut them out, I think it's important to have balance. And that's something I've really learned in my relationship is to also find balance because I tend to be more rigid, right? And and if I'm like, you know, I can't really eat this ice cream, then there's no ice cream, right? Ever. So I've really learned to find balance and have some once in a while. But what I did find was that I was really partaking in a lot of consumption of things that were processed. 
snack foods. And what happens when we eat a lot of snack foods is that we eat snack foods instead of whole foods, right? So we might have something processed in between breakfast and lunch, and then we're not really as hungry at lunchtime, and so we skip lunch. And then we snack some more, and so we eat less at dinner. And so what I found was that was happening for me. So I really tried to snack on more whole foods if I was feeling like I was hungry instead of reaching for the easy thing like, uh, you know, some like tuna, right, made with some mayo and and like these amazing little chestnut crackers that I that I found. I would eat actually an egg, right, or like uh, some some ground beef because my body was asking for nourishment. And I think knowing the difference between, oh, like I just want something that feels good to to eat or am I actually hungry, distinguishing that was really important. So instead, I started snacking on like chocolate. Um, So like dark chocolate that really doesn't have sugar in it. I also found that just being able to tune into my body and ask kind of whether I'm hungry or whether I just want a snack was a really big thing. But basically, I cut out a lot of those snack foods and processed foods. And then I really ate a little bit more during my meals so that I would feel really nice and nourished. But what I did find that because I was adding in more uh, animal foods. So I didn't really mention this, but I also started eating two eggs every morning consistently after my workout was that I wasn't craving as many processed foods either. So I think that this had a huge impact on my sugar levels. And that was why my sugar group this time around was actually really good because I wasn't eating all of those snacky snacks. And snacky snacks are fine, they have their place, but I really feel like it's helped my eating relationship with food as well because when I now eat, I crave the whole foods more instead of craving the snack food, right? Uh, And we are really lucky we have a lot of healthy snack foods, right? You can find snacks that are made with coconut oil so you don't have to worry about oxidized oils and with coconut sugar or monk fruit sugar, right? So we are really lucky and we don't have to cut them out of our life because they are available to us and I think it's important to enjoy all of these amazing creations. But really making whole foods and animal foods like a primary source of our nourishment and not getting all this nourishment from these snacky snacks that might actually not be nourishing your body, but only kind of nourishing your attention span. So those things had probably the biggest impact for me. I also did incorporate an iron supplement because that was something I really, really wanted to address. And I did make a few other smaller changes as well, but I think that those three things probably had a huge, huge impact. So I really hope that this was something that resonated with you. If it did, please let me know on Instagram. I'd love to hear your thoughts. 
on liver, on raw dairy, on processed foods. And if you are interested in finding out your inner age, or if you are looking to test your own biomarkers, please know that I have a discount code for 20% off. It's Dora Vandekamp, one word, at insidetracker.com on any package. I am such a big believer in Inside Tracker because I feel like it is such an empowering thing to know what's going on with your body and then be given the power to change it and transform it. And I think it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing to know that our health is in our hands. We get to make those changes and we get to really explore what health means for us and how to continue really thriving in our own bodies and connecting with our own bodies because that is what this is all about, right? Is knowing your body and intuitively understanding what it needs. So I'm so glad that you were with me today. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope that you have a beautiful week. If you loved this episode, please give this podcast a positive review on iTunes or Spotify. It helps us spread the word about the power of holistic health and beauty, and it helps this podcast grow. If you share your favorite takeaways from this episode on Instagram, please make sure to tag me so I can reshare. Thank you so much for listening. Have a beautiful week.